Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Hello, Fightful, Faithful, Fightful fans. Welcome to the Predictions Show. And this time it is AW Full Gear. And I am joined by Tyler Sage from Brass Ring Media at Ring of Tyler. Tyler, how are you? I'm very good. How are you, Steph? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for joining yeah. me. Let's yeah, make no it. Problem. Let's make it clear that the at Ring of Tyler comes from Ring of Ring of Honor, not Brass Ring Media. But it, that's worked out quite well for you. I well, yeah. I mean, maybe not the name, but yeah. <laughs> so it's when I start. I started covering Ring of Honor. We're on a new platform. Very excited for you, first and mm -hmm. foremost, being here. But excited to be on Fightful uh, myself. But yeah, I covered uh, Ring of Honor for PW Torch when I broke into the business. So I've always kept the handle as a reminder that we all start writing. Uh, weekly summaries about products nobody watches to get into this business. So, so happy to be here and keep that to, to keep that is on. very true. Well, like <laughs> Ring of Honor itself, you are invading an AEW show. So, I think it's I think it's pretty <laughs> fitting. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, we have full gear this weekend on Saturday. Um, this will be the first full gear in two years that I haven't been to. Um, I'm not, I'm not even sad about it though. I don't know. I was going to go and then I decided not to. And instead, if you're looking for me, I will be at Dynamite next week in Chicago and I will be at WWE Survivor Series, first ever American yeah. WWE pay-per-view. So that's big, but I just felt like LA would, because I, I always like to do the Thanksgiving Chicago and I thought LA mm -hmm. just took me like, too far out of it um but yeah so my excitement level for this show is excited but not enough to actually attend not enough to keep my full gear streak going <laughs> how, how are you feeling um going into full gear i was in a similar boat so i mm -hmm. do for brass ring media as my thing with zach adorn who was formerly the torch we also do a show yeah. for se scoops so not to just promote all the stuff that everybody's doing but on that we show, had Jack on here. oh yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, I compared and contrasted this card with the 2019, which is the first full gear ever, 
Mm-hmm. And it was not a good comparison for 2019. You know, mm-hmm. I would I would look for anyone, you know, a couple singles matches to include was Orange Cassidy taking on John Silver in a singles match on a pay-per-view. We also had Sean Spears taking on Joey Janela in a singles match on a pay-per-view. Right. So, you know, there's some good stuff on there as well. There's the, the lights out match between Moxley and Omega, stuff like that. But uh, I compared it to when you, you know, I think most people could get this analogy. When you first start dating somebody, you know, yeah. it's like everything's great. You don't really do anything that all of our bad habits, right? Yeah. You don't do any of those. You hide all that. And then when you're like living together or you got kids, I mean, you just have the door open to the bathroom half the time, <laughs> right? And that's kind of where we are, I think, as a fan base that's been, I mean, you and I have both been, I would say, diehard AEW fans since the beginning yeah. and have kind of been in that AEW versus WWE thing, even though we're unbiased journalists. Yeah. We would prefer to watch live AEW stuff, go to live AEW shows. Yeah. Um. So I just think we're in that point in the relationship where this card looks great when you compare it to 2019. I would just encourage everyone to do the two Wikipedia taps next to each other and mm. just look at the the talent you have on one versus the other. Just that sort of thing. Plus the the we're all set in stone on this AEW, the way they build things. And, you know, there's really no build, but the show's awesome. So that's just how I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a great four hours plus of a show. And I mean, there's going to be a lot of good wrestling. It's not going to really affect anything. I watch Wednesday on Dynamite or the next Saturday on Collision. And that just kind of is where I am as a fan. Yeah, I think where I am is the pay-per-views are always good. They always put on really good matches. But, like, I don't know what it would take for them not to have good matches with the level of talent that they have. It would have to be a disaster. So the pay-per-views are always going to be good. But it's definitely, like, the week-to-week storytelling everything like all the discord you know you see online i think most of us we each have our individual complaints about AEW, and even if they're all different it's just very significant that there's this many complaints right now because that didn't used to be the way um derek in the chat says that full gear is going to be the first AEW pay-per-view he's not going to order um even if the show has good matches i don't care about the results let's see that's not that's not a way you want your fans to be. Um, but I'm hoping it's a really good show. I'm hoping like it's a bit of a reset because I do think the past couple of months, like, n- you know, not to be like too doom and gloom, but I think the past couple of months have been the worst I've seen of of AEW. And that's not saying there hasn't been good wrestling. I'm talking about everything outside of two wrestlers in the ring together has been like a disappointment for me. Like a lot of storylines, angles, characters, business decisions shall we say it's been it's been a rough couple of months I think to be um an AEW fan I one of my friends said that all in at Wembley felt like a a, a season finale and now we're <laughs> what the difficult next season where you're like hmm <laughs> should we have continued <laughs> yeah or to continue my analogy from earlier it's like when you're thinking about breaking up with somebody but you got like yeah. a big trip planned you're like ah I'll break up with them after we get back from the trip you like kind of had fun while you were there, but then you get back home, yeah. Uh, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna break up with them. I- I'm over this. So, not that we're breaking up with AW, but uh... <laughs> no. The thing is, like, I I don't want to break up. For me, the analogy would be like, you know, if I if I was with like my my dream human being, and I think mm-hmm. now I would be at the stage of the relationship where I'm like, oh. Uh, 
nobody's perfect. He's he's not the man I thought he was, but I'm in deep now. <laughs> you know, I think minus Daniel Garcia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Daniel Garcia is your dream man, is well, that what you're I saying? I think he's yours, but I, um, that's, a deep, that's a deep cut in Stephanie lore. That is a deep cut in Stephanie lore. Uh, <laughs> I definitely, I, you know what? Like, let's let's be honest. Let's have some mm. uncensored chat. I don't know if I would say that Daniel Garcia is my dream man or like mm. my dream son. I don't know if my instinct <laughs> towards him is that way or if it's like yeah, a motherly but... thing where I just want to take him aside and be like, look, son um i really feel your pain and i hope you have someone to talk to and i was just i see big things in your future you know <laughs> but anyway hey we're here for predictions as vasco says uh we're here for predictions and let's get into it and you guys in the chat if you want to support the stream you know send in the super chat i'd really appreciate it i'll read out whatever you have to say on air uh, but tell us what your predictions are for all these matches because we have stated AW pay-per-views are always awesome. Um, it's fine to complain. It's fine to have opinions, but the pay-per-views always do deliver and whatever. It's fun to talk about them. Let's get in. Shall we start the zero hour as seems logical? Sure, let's do it. All right, Ring of Tyler, the, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship. We've got MJF and TBA, um, one of my favorite wrestlers, TBA, versus the Guns. So we've got two questions for this one. Who is MJF's partner and who's going to be the winner? So, well, actually, I'll ask you first. Why does he need a partner? Because he didn't need one against the Righteous. Well, yeah, so the Righteous are ROH talents, right? And I think mm -hmm. we've seen the last couple weeks of AEW that Ring of Honor has been relegated to the developmental brand that no one cares about from yeah. a booking perspective, like the fans yeah, thought yeah. about it, right? So the righteous fit into that category of AEW world champion is better than two low-level guys on Ring of Honor from a straight kayfabe booking perspective. Mm -hmm. The guns are Jay White's underlings. And he, yeah. if he's going to be a real competition, you can't be beating both of them clean and keep them because you have plans for them, etc. So, right, that's the kayfabe mixed with the reality of the situation, right? The answer uh, is just, like, it sucks for the righteous, but yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And, uh, both are very nice gentlemen uh, as mm -hmm. well, in real life. So, it is unfortunate. It was, I felt very bad for both of them when that happened because it was yeah. about the end of their career within mainstream ah. AEW. From the opponent standpoint, I don't know if you would agree, but I think it certainly has to be Samoa Joe, just based on how the story has been told. But let mm -hmm. me know if you think of anyone different than that. I think it's going to be Joe. I think like that's that's what we're leading to. Um, he's going to trust Joe. Um, whether or not that serves him well, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think I trust some more Joe. But, you know, we've seen MJF um, hold these Ring of Honor tag team belts uh, since All In. So it's been a couple of months of him defending these uh, and then sometimes defending the World Championship on the pay-per-view. I think it was Wrestle Dream where he defended their tag team belts instead of the, the World Championship. I personally, my prediction is that the guns win. I think it's time for MJF to drop these belts. Um, I think that the World's End show in Long Island is going to be a big show for MJF. And I think the next couple of weeks leading into that, it'd be better to see him more focused than, you know, having the burden of these Ring of Honor titles. The Guns are former AW Tag Team Champions. So 
I think they're going to win, whether they win clean or whether they win due to their own interference or Samoa Joe does something to dirty to MJF. I'm not sure. But my prediction is we see the guns as Ring of Honor champions. I agree. Mm-hmm. If I can get the, the exact finish as a guess, I think Joe probably takes out the guns and then chokes out MJF and then puts the guns on top of MJF or something like that. And then that would set up why MJF would want to then have a match with Joe. Because yeah. he's even more so than the world title. I mean, I think this recent week you would change your opinion on this, but I would say like three weeks ago, these belts seem to mean more because of his relationship with Adam Cole. And the world yeah. title does, which is a problem. I think they've rectified that a little bit. But like losing Cole's belt for him, it could tell other stories, obviously. But losing those belts is important to him, and that will make him want to face Joe in the title match. Babyface, be like, yes, Joe, you're on. I'm going to fight you at World's End mm-hmm. in Long Island, all that stuff. So Yeah. All right, well, there you go. The Guns are winning the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship. Let's move on to the main card. Of course, I'm sure Tony will add something else on to the pre-show or whatever. Like, we're looking at nine matches here, and that seems, you know, a little uh, less than usual. But let's go with the uh, AEW Women's Championship. We've got Hikaru Shida versus Timeless Tony Storm. Um, bit of a controversial character, shall I say? Thomas Tony Storm. Do you think this match is going to be in black and white? <laughs> I don't. It would. I mean, they they they've they've had the uh, when the door opened on Wednesday yeah. where it went to black and white. I like that little touch. It makes me think like if she was in control, you could switch it where mm-hmm. it's black and white when she's in control and then when it's not. But that would be, I think, too far. You'd be jumping the shark on the gimmick if you did that. Yes. So entrance, but I think match is in uh, is in living color, so to say. Um, how do you feel about the Tony Storm character? For me, like, I'll be honest, I liked it um, at the beginning. And I think it went in too far into stuff that is not personally for me. Um, yeah, I yeah. think, like, the introduction of Luther, um, uh, like, as the butler, I think some of the skits just went, like, a, you know, a little too far. Um, and even, you know, doing the black and white gimmick, it's it's just become a little bit much for my taste. I did think, um, I don't know if you heard Tony on the call yesterday, uh, He's this seems to be Tony's pet project. I was, if we're wondering who came up with it, it seems to be Tony Khan. So they're going to go far with this, which makes me think that it might be in black and white. I do think seeing the match in black and white would be cool um to see uh, i'm not sure if like i'd actively like it but i would be like that's a cool effect um and at least it wouldn't run it for the live crowd like when they did red lights in wwe like at least for the live crowd i guess it would look normal but um i think the thing about sheeta is i think that she she is like one of the best women in the roster and you know this isn't her first go around with the women's championship and i think that from my experiences with her, like interviewing her um, twice, including once in person, she's someone that is working so hard to be the the top woman uh, in this division. Like her, you know, like presentation, um, learning English, everything, and like she's putting so much into it. But I just feel like they're never going to let 
her take that position that she always seems to be like the, the champion that they don't really do much with. Um, but, you know, another person we have to talk about, as Marcus mentioned here, Mariah May. We saw Mariah May debut two weeks ago. Last week when she got to meet Tony Storm, she said that, you know, if you ever need anything, let me know. And I think that's a, a an interesting hint going towards the match. And it's very cool to see um, Mariah on TV. She's someone that I used to work with down at Rev Pro. So it's just awesome, you know, to see some great like UK talent on AEW. So, okay, after that rambling, I will give my prediction. My prediction is that Tony Storm loses because Mariah messes up in some way unintentionally to kind of continue their storyline of like Mariah like chasing after her like you know I'm so sorry I'm your biggest fan please what can I do to make this up to you type thing um leading to like a rematch down the line but let's let's hear your thoughts Tyler I've rambled enough no you're good so on the character I yeah the 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 Tony Khan being in control of the character you just taught me so thank you for that I did not know that Mm -hmm. um so it tells me he's a big movie buff old Hollywood because like this character I have too so it's like I feel like it should be like made for me but (laughs) you know yeah so well I guess for the audience right this is based on Norma Desmond is the character from Sunset Boulevard which is a fantastic movie it's from 1950 but don't let that scare you it's a tremendous movie murder mystery all that sort of stuff so like she's got a butler just like the Luther character is the butler and there's a the other character is someone who's like trying to glom on to her She's she's yeah. a silent movie star who couldn't make it in the talkies, right? It's kind of the the the, yeah. the name of that. Look up the Wikipedia for everybody out there if you want to like get a plot synopsis. But there's another character that comes in and tries to like kind of glom on or take advantage of that. So I don't know if that's is that if that's Mariah and that's like it doesn't turn out well for that character, I guess. Spoiler alert for a 70 year old mm-hmm. movie. But mm-hmm. um, if you're doing that story, I think that's interesting. I also would love someone interviewing Tony Khan to ask if he's a huge movie buff because. I like this character a lot because I'm a huge movie buff. Yeah. And I think the character can grow and develop. Like, I'd be super interested in she, if Tony Storm does this for a while and then is like the next era, if she's like a Marilyn Monroe type, right. she's like a Jane Fonda type, you know, uh-huh. if you're like a Barbarella. Barbarella. Or right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be great. So, yeah. is, who is that for? That's for me. It sounds like it might be for you, but not yeah. for everybody, right? So, is that like a main event talent? I mean, it is because it's Tony Storm, right? So, and everything you said about Sheeta, I completely agree with. It just seems like if you book, if you're a North American booker mm-hmm. for talent, like Japanese people that can speak totally fine English, just have a cap for some reason. And yeah. people are scared to push them. So yeah. I think Sheeta should retain. I do think Tony Storm is going to win because of everything you mentioned there. She's getting the big push, the big character. It can then put you against Soraya and ruby and if Britt wants to do anything if jamie hater's coming back right like all if she's going to be that heel character you can get past that but you know you need a heel to get all you know if jamie comes back if Britt's going to do something those are better matchups than cheetah who's going to be going against who you know there's not a ton of great heels lined up in the women's division at the mm-hmm. moment too so for that reason or if they just do a rematch now that, that aws pay-per-views every month it's more likely than it was in the past where whoever won a title you had to really think of who's that TV match and who's the next pay-per-view match. And now it's kind of like, eh, you're going to have a big match every month if you have a big title. So I'm going to go Tony. That's the moral of the story. 
Well, we have disagreed on that one. Um, in the chat, it's kind of 50-50. I've seen for Tony. I miss Jimmy Hater too, um, Marcus. It feels like she's been out forever. Um, yeah. It's not actually been that long, though. I remember seeing her at Double or, no- Double or Nothing, I think is where it happened, just before yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah Vas, he wants Cheetah to win. And Fernando says that, Tony's going to win with help from her new understudy, Mariah, and start a new faction. So let's move on to Sting, Darby Allen, Adam Copeland with, with Ric Flair versus Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. All right, Tyler, how do you feel about this one? How do you feel that Adam Copeland has inserted himself into AEW now from the past pay-per-view to now like how is he done well first of all i just want to say i'd love the rick flair son no i'm just kidding that's a joke (laughs) (laughs) to come off hot off the top rope yeah i mean copeland has (laughs) he's appeared and you know i'm a diehard dynamite viewer right and i'm a i'm a usually watch the watch collision on delay uh, when i tape it right so i feel like he's been more on collision recently than dynamite right and i feel like he's gotten the classic aew uh push when you first Mm -hmm. premiere where you big for two weeks and then you kind of merge into traffic and maybe in three months he'll have a big match again just like everybody before him jay white uh every big sign for that christian and Cole and Danielson and Punk. I mean, I guess not Punk, but so that's where I, I feel he is. This is a appropriate first match for him. I don't want him to spend forever taking on Christian because you know he just turned fifty. It's not like yeah. we have both those guys forever, but I think it's fine for here. But he's been, I, I would say, underwhelmingly used. I don't think he's really had the opportunity to do a ton. But yeah, I've been underwhelmed by his appearance thus far in AEW. I feel the same. I mean, he's he's not someone I would have brought in, but like I understand Tony's seeing Edge as a free agent and being like, we got to bring Edge in Edge. It's not something I would have done. Like Christian for me was the highlight of AEW until Edge came in. Um, and that's not to say that Christian's currently not good, but I think he was on, you know, such a great storyline, such a great like run. And now we've got Edge kind of inserting himself in here, like, hey, old friend, you're evil now, you know. And um just Edge it just isn't someone that like that I can get behind. And then we're mixing this all in with Sting now being on like countdown to retirement. We got Ric Flair there, you know, go check out my video about Ric Flair. If you want to know my thoughts on that, I'm not going to like attach them to, to fight a fightful stream here. Um, <laughs> but so, and I think that the stuff between Christian and Nick Wayne had been really good too, but I just, I, Adam Copeland just seems like just like a square peg or something in this whole great thing that we had going on. And um, I know that he like said in an interview not long after he signed that, oh, it's going to be a long drawn out thing before me and Christian had a match. Um, and, you know, initially they were doing the whole like, 
oh I'll never fight you thing but then literally a week later he was like no actually like we'll get in the six match a six man match and I'm just like I would rather get this edge and Christian stuff over with like at this point um and I think that like he he has not been on dynamite much he's been more in collision and I totally understand um building up collision they're having a lot of problems we know that but I can only imagine how much Edge is getting paid from AEW. Like when I compare it to what I know other people are getting paid. And I think if you're going to spend that much on a guy, I would want to have him on Dynamite. But the problem is he's over 50 and hasn't really done anything that's, you know, I think within a week it was like, okay, Edge is here. So I, I don't know. That was very down on Edge, but he's just not like fitting in like uh the great greatly named burner account says edge is just in the way and you know what he kind of mm-hmm. is and marcus is christian's most underrated wrestler in history he's one of the most um underrated wrestlers he really gets the best out of everyone he works with so with that said i think that the winners have to be Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland, don't they? Because one of them's Edge and the other one's on his retirement tour. Yeah, it just depends how long it's going to go, right? Because this feels like a great opportunity for heels to win a match that mm. sets up to other stuff. So that's right. the singles match of Christian and Edge. I guess you can do that either way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of Darby and Nick Wayne as a singles match. And I guess even staying in Darby versus Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne's a more reasonable match to come out of this. Um, but even then it's like, you know, you don't want Copeland and, um, and Christian going for the TNT title. That doesn't make any sense. I don't think. So for that reason, you would think the faces would win in this whole thing. And then you kind of loop back around to Christian and edge, but it just doesn't seem like that's the trajectory. Like this will happen. They'll win. And then it's over. It feels to me more like the booking is going to the heels win underhandedly at this type of match. Darby eats the pin probably because he's the one out of those three to eat the pin. And then you get to something that's more segmented in this group where you get who knows who's going to be in this this tournament, this G1 clone. Yeah. You know, is our Edge and Christian both going to be in that and they're in the final maybe? And that's how you get them to fight. And it's not for the TNT title. You know, that doesn't seem like a great use of all the talent on that roster for those two to come out of each block, but mm-hmm. it could happen. It just feels like there's more to this after this point. So yeah. for that reason, I'm going to go with the heels uh, getting the win here underhandedly to then lead things on down the line. I would hope that the baby faces would win so we can all move on. Yeah. And like yeah. you said, we can get edge sting doing their own thing and we can get Christian and edge. I want Christian talking about somebody's dad, not, Copeland's dad, and I want Copeland yeah. taking on whoever, so Ricky Starks or Powerhouse Hobbs or Swerve, something like that. Some some good feud that's gonna he's gonna help build a younger talent up. So we'll see. But I'm gonna go with the heels. Okay, let's see if we can find one we can agree on. Then <laughs> um, let's do. There's two women's matches on this card. That's big for AW. So let's do the next one uh, for the TBS Championship. Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart versus sky blue okay i think chris statlander i'm i don't think this has been a great reign it's, it was going to be hard to follow jade just because of the length but um i think i think chris is great 
but they kind of haven't figured out what to do with her or they also, you know, don't give her enough time to really explain herself. That's kind of always been the problem. She's got quite a wacky like personality, but they never just give her those minutes to actually let us into it. Um, Sky Blue is on television every single show. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a lot. But Julia Hart, I think, is one of the most improved uh, people on the roster, not just in the women's division. It's a great package. It's a fully realized character, which is definitely not what you can say for everyone. And she's on TV a lot as well. The fans are really behind her. I'm picking and I'm hoping for Julia Hart. What about you, Tyler? Yes, Julia Hart for sure. Can I agree with you more on both Statlander and Sky Blue? Mm-hmm. Um, Statlander just doesn't get like, I guess like of all the people that get I you know relative time on TV, she's the one that I have no idea what her character is post being an alien. Like she yeah. just comes out there and is like kind of the like most athletic girl at your high school that is kind of bullying you but is a good guy like that's like mm-hmm. the closest thing i could tell you of what that character is which is not good all the way around for multiple reasons but um yeah just hasn't done they haven't done anything with her i don't think tony has faith in her as a champion or wants to put her on tv like he does sky blue for as an example mm-hmm. um and obviously the whole miss story is interesting there i think it's very telling she was wearing the scooby-doo um ring gear on yeah. wednesday it's like hey i paid for this i'm about to turn heel so I better wear it is kind of what I was thinking because it felt totally out of nowhere. But right, I think yeah. she helps Julia defeat Statlander is maybe maybe not subservient, but like that mist and like her controlling Sky Blue, I think would be interesting. And that's what you can do as a heel and Julia Hart as a character, at least controlling people to help her win, maybe not palling around with her. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, Julia Hart to me is easily the, has the most upside of any woman on the roster from a just how she's grown in the ring, but just her character and how she gets a crowd response. Yeah. That is not easy to do. So you cannot lose it. And they've really tried to lose it because she's been cool for like a year plus and they haven't really done a ton with her. I think maybe now she's improved in the ring, but I think Julia wins here a new era with the TBS title, get her, you know, she's as close to must see TV in the women's division. I think her and Tony and Tony's mind would be, those dynamic characters that tell those stories. If mm-hmm. I had to guess what Tony's thinking. So I'm going to go with Julia Hart. We agree. If not, I think this is one of the first of a couple opportunities for Tony to make some bad booking decisions. If he does not go with Julia in this moment. Absolutely. I think it's Julia. It'd be very interesting to see what happens once she wins it, because she is on TV a lot. Um, there is quite a bit of focus on her. And if she ends up becoming one of those champions that doesn't get much TV time and you don't see much after winning, that will be a really bad sign because she's certainly been one of the vocal points um, the past couple of months. And yeah, I pretty much the whole chat has uh, Julia and absolutely loves Julia. Like she's really over with everyone. She's so improved. Her character's so cool. I love her wardrobe. It's very me. I gotta, I gotta support a fellow blonde goth all the way. There you go. <laughs> Next, do you want to talk about your guy, John Moxley, who's taking on Orange Cassidy uh, for the international championship? Um, you know, it, this is a weird one, obviously, because uh, stuff happened. Moxley 
getting the concussion, then title going to Penta, all of that. Um, how do you think this has been built up? Because I know John Moxley is like your kind of measuring stick for things, and Moxley wouldn't do it. You're not into yeah. it. So like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how has his build up with Orange Cassidy been for you? Yeah, it's been, you know, up and down just based on the concussion and the rain. It going to Penta, then back to Cassidy, right? That's all kind of a mess to get to this point. Because yeah. for some reason, this was always on the books. And you would think that Moxley was going to be the champion. And Cassidy was going to come in and be like, hey, I had a great run, but I need to beat you. Mm-hmm. So I think they're trying to tell that same story, which leads me, obviously, to, I think, the same direction. But yes, like, for everyone that doesn't know, just a quick thing. Like, I think, you're like, if you're Tony Khan and you had any story, right? Let's say it's Kota Bushi on a bicycle with a fake pipe, and he's going to ride down the ramp and hit people with it. Is that yeah. a good idea? No. Then you don't have it in the show. Should I have Paul White in this match? No. So you don't have it in the show. Should I destroy this this Hyundai uh, that we've rented? Hopefully the insurance is covered with Paul White being smashed on it. Maybe. That's kind of fun. So it's like all that sort of stuff. is like through the prism of what John Moxley would think is works or doesn't work in wrestling. So that's that, yeah. what you referenced there. But I think that just like Wheeler Yuta, I don't know, a year and a half ago, whenever he joined BCC, I think in a loss here, I think Cassie can still be elevated. And I think this is very key for like what you do with him. Um, Cause I think not having this title is a better thing for orange Cassidy long-term because you can move on and do the mm-hmm. kind of classic WWE where you lose and then get bumped up the card. And I think him being part of the, what is it called? The collision the Continental Classic is that what the G1 thing oh, in AW yeah. is called? Yes, okay, so it's kind of a word salad name, but I think Cassie has to be a part of that, it has mm-hmm. to have a really good showing and work a ton of good matches against good wrestlers. And Moxley keeping that title elevated, I think, is important in what Tony Khan wants to do, putting a belt around him while he's not really doing anything in the main event. So, for all of those reasons, I think uh, John Moxley is going to get the win here against Cassidy and then he get to again like maybe a third match down the line where Cassidy does eventually overcome him and kind of becomes hardcore Cassidy whatever it's going to be but I have Moxley here yeah I think that this little period has since you know he had the title at great one and the losing it has been just really great watching Orange Cassidy like evolve I think this is like the most evolving he's done i think there was a period right at the beginning where we thought he had evolved and he like hadn't really but that whole having to prove himself every week with the title was was amazing um unfortunate like the bumps in the road of whatever the creative they were doing but yeah i think that i can see cassidy going into the tournament and having more like proving himself moments in that tournament he will be like a great baby face in it um and so forth so yeah i think um yeah i think that um sorry i was just reading a comment um i think it's gonna be john moxley and i think we get cassidy in the tournament and moxley taking the belt here and whatever was planned originally for moxley maybe we pick that up because i think there's a lot of people on that kind of level of international championship that i'd like to see face moxley um that you know we never got a chance to gotcha yeah no i, I agree 100 and yeah that's like him being a gatekeeper but like in a not pejorative way like that's usually a bad term in wrestling 
And I think Moxley can be that in, you know, uh, just take out a million people, but elevate them in a, you know, I don't know if Moxley opens like Cassie did every, every episode, but yeah. you know, there's, there's a million people that you can think of even like, let's say action and ready in like three months randomly opens and they have like a 12 minute banger of a match. Does that elevate hit, you know, action and ready in your mind? I mean, they can't go any lower in my mind. So, you know, that would help. But like, just as like a random one-off of guys you've never seen. That, like, Action that's, that's and Jenny, like, <laughs> it's maybe the like worst example you could have picked. No offense, yeah. because like Action and Jenny is like a case study of yeah. why yeah. Tony shouldn't listen to certain wrestlers when they have ideas. Is <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the story of Action and Jenny. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's yeah, cool. I know what you mean. There's lots of people that you could see like moxley like face um i will say about a month ago i was actually in blackpool um and i've always thought the blackpool combat club was like the worst name you know like being from the uk i think like to me like the name is silly and also like the regal connection all of it and i just was walking around this place like god i would love to see john moxley in blackpool and actually get a taste of what it's like and then maybe we like consider renaming the faction what's what is blackpool what's like an american city comparison i know you traveled a lot (sighs) oh um is it like a is it like a really good place like a really wealthy place or really not great place you don't want to be ever or somewhere in between or um it's it's like a not it's like a not great place. It's yeah. um so you know it has a pier and it has amusement arcades, um yeah. and stuff like that. If you could think of like, like maybe, Atlantic City or something, yes, with less, like a lot less, <laughs> like like a, okay, a lot, a lot less, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I just feel like okay. you know I think uh, Regal. We all know like. I'm not breaking any news here. Regal's like one of the biggest carnies of all time. And yeah, I imagine yeah. he's really talked up the city in a way that is just highly inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will put on my list next time I go to the UK. I've done, well, I've done maybe you should, go. <laughs> you should go to see it for yourself, but that's, okay. that's just my UK <laughs> opinion. Okay. Um, so we both got Moxley on that one. Yes. Yes. So next, okay. Um, I don't want to. I want to. Don't want to do the one I'm most excited for next. So we're gonna go with the Golden Jets, the great name that everyone uses. Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. And if the Golden Jets win, then they get the Young Bucks title shot. And if the Young Bucks win, then Omega and Jericho can't team together anymore. Mm-hmm. So this one, are you like uh, you yeah, annoyed about it as young bucks are? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> no, but uh, it's funny to see them. That that's like probably not them doing much of a char- much character work, and like mm-hmm. even them on Instagram saying like, "Hey, be thankful. If it wasn't for this, we wouldn't have a match or something yeah. of that effect." Right? It was like what they were posting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. The, the stipulations are absolutely unnecessary. Like the Bucks have not cared to invoke the this title match yep. they have, and then Kenny and Jericho have not have they tagged even together solo. I mean, they did the street fight. Did they have one tag match? Maybe like it's not a beloved tag team that we. It all is know. not a beloved so, tag team. So, 
<laughs> it was really just have the match and have it be like, hey, the Bucks. Like, the, this can be saved, not to get into fancy booking mode, but this is like when you need to get into fancy booking mode to make yeah. these matches sound interesting. Yeah. It's like, they've got to join the Don Callis family. Like, screw over Kenny and do the some Bucks. dastardly stuff. Yeah. Right. That's like to make this interesting. The only other way is like, oh, what are they? Then they're still friends at the end of this. Like, I think Hangman is way more interesting away from the elite. I think yeah, Kenny definitely. can be more interesting away from the elite. It's maybe not the best right now. The Bucks are kind of the Bucks no matter what they're doing, right? They're just kind of there for the matches and there's really no story. Then we know what we're getting with them week in and week out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, them coming out and just absolutely obliterating their friend with Don Callis laughing along. And then that group's now Fletcher and Takeshita and the Young Bucks. Like that's a real group. And that's a real menacing group that can get a lot of, you can get a lot of stuff out of. And it's like kind of a crazy thing that, you know, you can say it, I can say it on things like this. Do I think it's going to happen? Absolutely not. But if it does happen, I think it's, it's wild and it's a ballsy move with them. Um, And it makes sense why they'd be such a-holes all of a sudden for no reason if they were already pre-planning on this. But do I think it's going to happen? I don't think so. I think it's more Kenny and Jericho, I guess, because then you can have a title match with those two. But they have bigger fish to fry than the, the tag team titles, too. So I think they turn heel, officially, the Bucks, and join the Callis family because I'm just yearning for some interest in this match. I just, like, I'll be complete, I will be completely honest um, maybe I'll be too honest, and this will be the last stream I ever do. I like <laughs> passionately hate this whole deal that is like going on months. I think that you know the JS was was stupid, but we got to the point where it felt like they were going to do something with Garcia. You mentioned me having a motherly instinct for earlier. Um, I know Sammy Guevara is hurt, so. We'll put him as like a non-factor in a minute, but you know, like like stuff like that. But in, instead, Jericho just took this turn. We're like, of course, you know, he wanted to work with Will Osprey. Now he wants to work with Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega had an awesome thing going on with Takeshita and like that feud. Per Takeshita, beaten by Jericho and DDT, didn't get any revenge like during the Sega Street fight last week. Um, Takeshita felt like even more of a prospect than like a Garcia just because they were like pushing him harder, it seemed, um, un- until, you know, Jericho knocked on their door and said, can I get into this storyline? And then, you know, because when he was building up the match to Osprey, he was giving us these like massive him and Dawn history lessons. Like we were, you know, like all that Dawn Callis Jericho lore that lore that we've been thinking about for 30 years, right? Like that was <laughs> wild. Yeah. Um, so like Kenny and, and Kenny is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, not just one of my current favorite wrestlers. And to see him like in in this tag team, you know, we just want singles Kenny. And like I there was complaints when he was doing the elite stuff and instead of going out of it and like kind of being his own man, like his own man against Don Callis, his like lifelong mentor uncle that completely screwed him over and took on this younger guy and said like, I'm done with you. He's better than you. All that stuff. Kenny seems to almost like not even be that engaged with that aspect of it and going after Takesha. Like Jericho's the one fighting 
to cash in in Japan. Um, to me, it's all like just a muddled, jumbled mess. You put the Young Bucks in. I don't know what's going on with the Young Bucks, but I think we can say, oh, just looking at what they've done on TV the past year, that either they're not pushing to be heavily involved in like the tag division or the spot's not there for them or whatever. But there's there's something going on there, whether or not it's I'm not saying it's like really a malicious thing that's happening, but there's something happening there because like they're the young bucks and they should be doing a lot more. Um so yeah, they just ended up in another thing with Kenny and but Kenny has Jericho along with him and don't even start me on Ibushi being brought into mm. this. Um he's definitely not the Ibushi of old, but my gosh, if you told me that the Golden Lovers were going to reunite and they were going to bring Jericho along, <laughs> like that's that's absolutely wild, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. for like for the ladies, you know, I was saying on Twitter, it's like if uh, Harry and Louis from One Direction get back together, but they bring Kid Rock for no reason, like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wow, uh, that doesn't fit, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you're getting a nice cut of the merch. But like, that's like yeah. the wild, the Paul White thing. Like, you know, it was originally uh, apparently meant to be Sammy, but I also heard it was meant to be Daniel Garcia. But for some reason they were like, actually Paul White would be great in this. And then, you know, he took that big bump. And I mean, I hope he's okay, but he, he had to do something. He agreed to be in this match, a guy that um, when I was, doing a media thing like everyone had to walk to Paul White so he didn't have to walk around the room but now he's taking bumps in a car like that's okay it's just I don't know so look sorry but I don't have no interest in this match it's like everything that annoys me and I do think that something happened during the time of all in that like caused a lot of people like in my circle weren't happy with the Jericho getting the Osprey match. And it's, I think it's had like a lot of effects like ricocheting to the point where like, this mm -hmm. is what we're getting. And I, I think it's just bizarre that Kenny's like involved in that. I get they're both from Winnipeg. Um, I mean, I'm not going to be teaming up with Fit Finley and he's from the same part of the world as me. Like, you, don't, <laughs> you don't have to do that. You don't have to be with those people. Yeah. But I'm just going to pick that. I got to say, Kenny and Chris win because they trade Chris has trademarked the name and he probably has a big t-shirt order put in and whatever, whatever. I think that's gonna happen. Um, mm -hmm. I can't remember if you said who you picked or not because I dug myself into um, I, I think I got <laughs> so mad that I literally blacked out. But who do you think will win, Tyler? Well, this is the first of like thinking what I think should happen. I think you're right. Just look at the trademark, right? That's a big deal. The mm -hmm. Bucks don't want to be on TV. They don't want to travel every week, right? That's why they don't do anything, right? Because you, you get them maybe two dynamites a month if you're Tony Khan and you're not. It, it definitely seems like there's still some. I don't know why they were re-signed, honestly, with yeah. everything you laid out. It seems like they booked their own stuff, Kenny included, but Kenny's a little easier to work with than the Bucks, if I had to guess. So uh, for that reason, I'm going to go with Kenny and Jericho. Jericho hasn't won on a pay-per-view in a long time. That's also another aspect of this. Yeah. But it would be awesome if they joined the Cows family and totally ripped the heart of Kenny out in front of them and the crowd went ape and booed them to oblivion. I think that'd be a 
top three story coming out of the show if they had the cojones to do it. And I don't mm-hmm. think the Bucks' faces or being a weird tweener group is doing a lot for them. Yeah. I think this would juice them up and it would give Kenny and Jericho something to do independent of each other. And, you know, sorry. You can still sell the shirts, Chris. Yeah, you can go to go outside the where the Winnipeg Jets play and do a special <laughs> night there where everybody gets the T-shirt on the back of their chair. Um, sure. You'll be good to go. All right. Well, I think it feels like the best thing to do is move on to the tag match after that because we might one of these uh, one of these guys might have to face Jericho at Omega. So Ricky Starks and Big Bill are the champions. They're going up against, we got Roosh and Jalistico, we got FTR um, and Kings of the Black Throne. So for me, this one, it's a hard call. Now, I think earlier when we were talking about Julia Hart, there was a few people watching that said um, that they could see the uh, House of Black take everything um, at the pay-per-view. I think that would be cool. I am leaning towards, though, um, a retaining for Ricky Starks and Big Bill. They're a weird team, but I think they're working. Yeah, of all the matches, probably the last, this one, the last one we talked about, I'm like the least excited excited for. Maybe yeah. the, the you know the pre, the the previous one's going to be a good match in the ring, at least you know seventy five percent of the time, and the uh, this match should be convoluted and kind of confusing and Rick Knox should be looking confused, you know, as the, as the ref to try and find out who the legal man is, you know, very AW yeah. special, but yeah, this, you, this type of match is there to protect house of black, protect FTR and retain for Starks and big bill. And, you know, we, we I think we all know who the, who's going to, if there's eight people in this match, who's the most likely to eat the pen, you know, there, there it's drills to go. So um, that seems to be the way it's going to go. Big Bill, Ricky Retain, and hopefully a fun 10, 12-minute match. The only thing that makes me falter on that is if Kenny and Jericho win the previous match, I cannot see Ricky Starks wanting to work with Jericho again. I think he would have to have, like, another section of his contract that's like, this is a one-match thing, like, just one one one-and-done match. Um, But yeah, I think most, I think just like the number of teams in it with the House of Black and FTR being like the m- more top tier teams in there. This is one of those matches you've got so many men in that it's just so easy for the champions to retain. And I think that's what's going to happen. Okay, we got two matches left. And uh, let's go. There's one that we have to do last. So I'm not going to save the best to last. I'm going to talk about the one I'm most excited for now. Hangman Page versus Swerve Strickland. Um, I think that AEW is at its best when we have Hangman Page doing great stuff, like a strong Hangman Page. Um, And, you know, it was full gear two years ago where he won the AEW championship. Um, And... This, when he started the feud with Swerve, like that was exactly the 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 feud I wanted for these two guys. Like Swerve is my other like young prospect in there that I would, you know, put the future of the company on. I love Swerve and I thought him and Hangman were great. I thought the home invasion was bloody stupid, but I think that they kind of realized that that was stupid. And I think like what we got on Dynamite was really good. Um, 
hangman just talking and swerve not even saying anything when it's odd to say that yes swerve did great when he didn't even respond but i think the way they did that segment was really good um prince nana just has like a place in my heart maybe in yours too with the ring of honor connection but Mm -hmm. i love this um I'm finding it so hard to predict who's going to win, though, because I thought the Texas death match would be the third and final match in the series. Um, where do we go from here? So why don't you tell me what you think about how these two are doing while I like mull over who I think is going <laughs> to win this and what could go on next? Yeah, I agree with you. This is my most anticipated match on the card for, for mm-hmm. all the reasons you laid out. I think we're you know, I'm me and you are even on Swerve and our excitement for him. Yeah, I think Adam Page needs to be booked correctly. He's another guy I think WWE would utilize in a better situation, like just consistently book and tell a longer term story with a with a character like this. Right, this is what Adam Page is the best at is getting yeah. that baby face, um, you know, reaction against a guy who's doing great heel work. Right, this is like not the hardest formula in the world in wrestling. And it is so effective, and it still is, and that's why it's so effective in this moment. So, um, yeah, it's it's something that I would probably open the show with. You know, it's a death match, so do you really want to open the show with that? I don't know, but this and the world title are the two most important matches on the card. And, you know, from a – if I'm booking, you know, wrestler A and wrestler B, to me the babyface has to go over. But in this situation with Paige and Swerve, I feel like Swerve needs this win so much. Like he's he's been in really good stories, but he's always come up on the wrong side of this. And I think he needs to win a huge match on a pay per view to bolster him to that next spot in the you know in the division, right? If if MJF wins the main event, like MJF needs some top tier heels to go against, and MJF and Swerve feud I think can be incredible. And yeah. Hangman can lose and still do other stuff, and I don't think it hurts him as much as a former champion as a guy who's lost a lot and come back. So like the meta of it, the, the, the interpersonal stuff makes me want to go swerve, but hangman should win based on booking principles. Does it really matter either way? I don't know, but also like a heel losing a match like this hurts more so than a baby face, right? Cause there's so much that can come into play. Swerve can have other people run in. It does not seem like Kenny or the bucks are going to come in and help him. Obviously dark order is not going to come in and help page. So it seems kind of like the dumb heel principle if he doesn't come in and cheat. So I'm going to go with Swerve. I want it to be Swerve. I think no matter what, this match is going to be incredible. And I think the sky's the limit for both of these guys in 2024. I'm going to go with Hangman. I okay. think Texas Deathmatch, I like want to be like Hangman's signature match. Um, so I want him to win this put them out like one, one in the feud. And then the next match they have, I think should be something really crazy based on the, you know, the famous Lucha Underground match Mm -hmm. that um, Swerve did. That was super. What was the, I I can't remember the exact name of that match when he was kill shot. Um, Yeah. And it was like, yeah, it was um, wild. Some of like the wildest stuff I've seen. So I can see them like swerve picking a match for their third one. That's more like, okay, Texas death match. You know, I did your kind of cowboy thing, but now you're going to enter like my type of match. And it's something just 
completely wild or maybe a cage match or something like that but I think either way this is going to be like for me the match of the night for me it's the one I'm most excited about I've just been loving their feud even um you know even if there's been some missteps like it, it was funny like they they you know they did the home invasion stuff and it was so you know out of place because this feud started with Swerve saying to Hangman if I had had the opportunities that you had, I would be champion. I wouldn't be where you are. You know, him him calling him out in that way, basically calling him like a privileged but lazy person that's been handed lots of stuff. And it was more felt like it was Hangman, you know, trying to get back to where he was, like trying to prove himself. So the other stuff of like, I'm going to go into your home and stand over your baby and whatever, it just feels like something from from another feud, you know, like from another feud that they could have done where you do the like family stuff, stalker stuff, involve your wife stuff. This was more like um, uh, uh, something that I think a lot of people watching could probably relate to someone who feels like they have not got the opportunities that they deserve because of different, like the way society works, how unfair things are at some time. And then you see this other guy that you feel like it's just been handed stuff. And then you also feel like he's not making the most of it, you know, like, and I think that was uh, such a good real storyline that people could connect to. And I think that when we get, when we got back to them, just promoing against each other and like Hangman talking to Swerve and getting like that fire under him on Dynamite, I was like, yeah, like th that's what I want to see from this feud. Like that's where I think it's good. But yeah, I think it's um, going to be Hangman to win this one. But either that's, way, good. That's what's a great match, great feud, right? This is yeah. like, you know, AW and WWE, you know, all wrestling. You can guess like 95% of the time where it's going to go, unless it's mm -hmm. like a random swerve that makes no sense. Yeah. This is one of the matches where it could go either way, and it's fine for that reason. And it's, you know, it's it'd be great if all nine matches were built to this capacity, but then nothing would feel super important. So. Yeah, yeah, this is a really well built. More of this AEW over the long term, I think they'd be in a really, really good spot. We'll be in a really good spot. Yeah, yeah. This Swerve um, Lucha Underground match it was like a two out of three falls match where they went through like it got worse and worse the different stages. And I can see them doing something like that on yeah, AEW. Yeah. That'd be super cool. cool. All right, Tyler, are you ready for the main event? I am. MJF, the champion versus the man that carries around the belt. And my favorite wrestler, even though I'm an unbiased journalist, Jay White. Um, do you want to start, Tyler, on what you think about MJF and Jay White's feud so far? Yeah. So first of all, in wrestling, I hate the guy who's not the champion carrying on the belt. Yes. I think it's, it's a dumb story, no matter who's doing mm -hmm. it. Um, it, to me, has felt like Tony Khan wanting to see him walk around with the belt just on TV <laughs> to see how it looks. Which is like so weird that I fully believe it to be true. Um, no, no reporting there, but that just kind of my like, hmm, does this look good? You know, like where you're making like a Canva. That's like, hey, yeah. is this looking good? Like, yeah, that's so that's what, yeah. which is not a good reason to do it. Mm -hmm. So that's been there. Obviously, same thing like you talked about the swerve and hangman thing, like a bad bump in the road with the juice and the quarter thing. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, go, go past that and. You know, I think again this week on Dynamite, at least MJF in the in the main event during the promo, kind of did his mission statement on why he's a babyface, why he's done what he's done, 
why he wants to win. It's been all the convoluted stuff you talked about with the the Golden Jets, right? It's MJF fighting people on every front, zooming Adam Cole and seeing how he's doing, talking about that and having a million things going on instead of focusing on, hey, this is my belt. I'm going to win it back. I'm their scumbag, et cetera. It's gone to a more simple story. So I think it's rounded into form. I would give it probably a C of a feud from a, you know, build to it. If you take out, obviously, I want to see Jay White and MJF wrestle for 30 minutes. I think it's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I would love to see Jay White win here. I think AEW could use that shakeup. I think MJF on the chase for a long period of time is something that's super interesting to me. You can still yeah. do the MJF's swerve feud if you wanted to after this. And if you just look at like the roster of like top end baby faces, top end heels, like just the list that Jay White can go up against for the next six months, if Paige wins or doesn't win, whatever, Paige, Kenny, um, you know, I had I had this whole list earlier today. So we talk a lot of wrestling today, but you know, you just look through the list like Danielson, and mm-hmm. I mean, there's a million people, right? And then you look on the heel side that MJF has not taken on yet, you know. It's it's a little more lacking in my opinion, unless you yeah. build someone up. Minus a swerve, that's the one I really want to go to. But in Ricky Starks too, that story's there. But I just don't think that's going to be the best feud of all time. All that being said, I think MJF is going to win here. Um, it just seems like you alluded to earlier. There's a pay per view in Long Island. Feels like a good reason to have him be the champion. Mm-hmm. I fully think MJF resigned whenever he came back at Double or Nothing 2022. Right? Or is that when he left? He came back at um, all out in 2022. Yeah, because he came back and then Brawl Out happened. Yeah. So that was all out 2022. I fully think he resigned. I don't think he's going to go up until December 30th and then leave the company, lose the championship to Samoa Joe. So I think it'd be a great time to transition. Same thing with Julia Hart, maybe the Bucks turning heel, Swerve winning. All those things would be a pivot of direction of the company that gives us some excitement. But I think MJF is going to win. Um, because I know Tony Khan and uh, I don't think Jay White is going to win here because he's just, you know, you got to kind of lose that first feud. It seems like an AW too. MJF's done it. Hangman did it. You know, guys that are not fully established in Tony Khan's mind as top draws um, kind of lose the first one. So for all that reason, I'm going to go with MJF, but it hurts my, my heart. I mean, I think it hurts me even more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've said Jay, Jay is my guy. I would love more than anything for him to win it. Um, I honestly, I have not been a fan of the MJF title reign at all. I would think that him losing the belt and new champion would really shake things up. Um, like looking at what uh, Vasco is saying here, like I like that everyone wanted the belt. It made it feel more important. It def the belt has felt really important in recent weeks and people talking about it, like so Joe, Wardlow, all that. But then at the same time, like one, like it's not important enough for like MJF to actually find a way to physically take this belt off Jay White, this this physical belt, you know. And I do think that all the stuff going on, not the not the you know guys alluding to like I want the title. Like that's that's cool. Wardlow Joe. But this Adam stuff uh kingdom stuff that i really haven't liked i think has taken away from jay's feud it's taken away from the focus being on jay because it seems like the forefront of mjf's mind is always like 
um, Adam and Ronnie Strong coming in. And then Jay is like a little villain that just like pops up on his shoulder. Like, by the way, I've got your belt and we're having this massive match. It, it doesn't feel like the most important thing in MJF's mind. And we'll get on later to that, the, the devil stuff. But, you know, he's thinking about that too. And I mean, the devil attacked Jay White and no, the, like it, Jay obviously didn't even feel it. Like he was back next week. He wasn't even bothered, you know, that was, that was interesting. So I would love Jay to see win and very much, I would love to see like a refresh of stuff because I just, I'm not been a fan of MJF on top, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to stick around. I think he's resigned. If he hasn't resigned, Tony's wild for putting spelt on him and giving him so much like TV time and whatever. That's, that's a heck of a choice, but I think um, maybe it's just that I feel like we could have had something greater with MJF's title run if we didn't get into all the, the cold stuff. But yeah, I think MJF's retaining. We have a super chat here from Jamal. Thank you so much. Jamal says $9.99 to say, my prediction is the devil comes out in the middle of MJF and guns match to be his tag partner and uses other people's finishers to tease his identity. So Tyler, since we've both decided that MJF is winning this match, shall we do a bit of who is the devil um, uh, talk? And what do you think of Jamal's idea? I think that's quite a fun idea if he came out as the tag partner. I do think that he could tease other people's finishers, but I also think that once you see a guy move, it becomes more obvious who they are, like move in the ring. Um, So I don't know if they'd want to, give away who the devil is um that soon but who do you think and do you think we're gonna find out at full gear yeah first of all i love the booking by jamal Mm -hmm. here you almost have to do like someone let's say it's two people that are of equal height you almost have to have the other person go out and like have their movement to throw people off so Mm -hmm. everyone's tweeting out like okay this is so-and-so doing a ddt so it's definitely this person because then it's like the the story is like hey it was this person because they did DDT this way. It's like, well, it's someone under a mask. Like it's whoever we decide once the mask comes off. So that'd be a fun way to tell that story and keep the intrigue throughout the show. Um, But yeah, from the devil perspective, I mean, you know, if we're handicapping this, like it's gotta be like 90% Adam Cole. And to me, the other 10% is, I don't know, 8% Jungle Boy and 2% Wardlow, even though the guy's way too big to be Wardlow, at least from the original incarnation in person. Uh-huh. Um, I certainly don't think it's CM Punk. Uh, yeah. That would be absolutely insane. But yeah, those are like the three. But I, th- I think it's Cole or Jungle Boy is like a Dark Horse candidate. I, I have not really wavered from that. Just because it's like crazy and Tony Khan would seem to want to not reward is maybe not the right word but give a push to the, like the intrigue of jungle boy coming back in that capacity. And also I think that was almost one month after the incident with punk, which would mm-hmm. align with the suspension that the, the elite had against punk. Yeah. So that's the only reason I say that. And they're both tiny. So, well, if they do bad buckshot lariat, it's punk. <laughs> um, in, in the most respectful way, do you actually care? Like, do you think they've done enough to make you really care who's under this mask? No, definitely not. I no. mean, it's been, it's been, besides the physical intrigue of, I guess, beating up the acclaimed, 
Yeah. Right. But like besides that, just someone raising their head in a black background. It's yeah. felt like a vignette WWE style where I've got Emelina coming in for a year and a half and then she premieres and we see one, one match and then she's buried again. Right. It feels yeah. like that level of character that I'm supposed to care about. You know, I'm always open to like at the back end of it. Did it work? Yeah. You know, but I don't think it is, you know, Cole. It seems so obvious that it's Cole. So if that happens, it feels like, okay, well, obviously we all knew what it was. So this is fine. You know, if it's MJF doing some crazy heel turn that was him all along and he beat up the acclaimed and all that stuff. And somehow it's him under there, even though he made you think it wasn't like yeah, more of our convoluted MJF stuff, which seems possible. So, mm-hmm. and then if it's jungle boy, it's like, okay, so you're just like, why would you do this jungle boy? And I know he's not going to get on the mic in the middle of the ring and explain it well enough. <laughs> why did jungle boy do any of the things he did yeah. in the past so, couple of months? <laughs> I mean, that was the only thing of like someone on uh, one of our shows. They said like, well, the, they threw Matt, uh, Anthony Bones to the glass, so it's certainly Jungle Boy, right? As like, right. oh my, right. him was like, man, that if that's it, that is some <laughs> petty stuff. And I'm seeing Punk, I'm probably using that in a lawsuit to uh, get my full salary remainder. So the Cole <laughs> thing makes the most sense. It feels on the nose, but that's fine in wrestling, and it is what it is. I don't think that would be very good. Yeah. That version of the Kingdom feels like B level group. Like House mm-hmm. of Black feel like a cooler group. Don Cal's family, if the Young Bucks turn, feels like a cooler group than the Kingdom. So it feels like a bad use of Adam Cole, but that's my pick. How about you? I I don't think that they've earned us even talking about the the devil that much. I don't think it's been well planned out. It was so funny when the acclaim got beat up, and I think it was Excalibur was like the the devil beats up anyone that gets close to MJF, and it's like, does he? Like, really? Like, you know, like, that's not what we've been seeing on TV. We've been seeing this guy, like, Flash, and, you know, he beat up Jay, didn't affect Jay, then there was the acclaim beat up. So I think it's probably, I think it's probably MJF, to be honest, and I think it's that's going to be, like, a bad reveal. The Mm -hmm. Jungle Boy thing, I actually think I'd like that, the best right because it's like out of left field but i think with everything that's happened you know in in real life crimea river all that what if because i thought that the jungle jungle boys pivot jack perry sorry his pivot into being a heel was like really bad um and he was but he was always one of those baby faces where when they actually did promos i was like I'm not sure if you're giving me baby face energy, yeah. but okay, you definitely look it, but I'm actually not sure if you're giving me that that kind of energy. And I don't know what that's a comment on, but maybe uh, it was quite an astute observation given like his real life actions. So maybe he just comes back and is like, yeah, I'm an asshole. I'm the devil. I did all yeah. this. And like it plays into like, A, he was a heel before he left and B, we all know what happened in real life. So yeah. Um, Fernando says Wardlow. I just, I don't think that body type looks like Wardlow at all. Like, obviously, they can change bodies about and they can do whatever they want. Like, they can put anyone under that mask. But um, I think Wardlow is, his size is so unique that if it was going to be him, I think it would have to look like him. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that's just more like retconning, especially the initial devil that in person was like an yeah. Adam Cole or a jungle boy body type. Yeah. Um, not even an MJF body type. Right. Cause yeah. he's got kind of the male V 
you know, the big shoulders to the skinny waist thing. So, yeah. and those guys are just skinny short guys. So, um, which is fine. I don't really care. You know, Wardlow to me would be the least intriguing of the the options that we've presented. And that's just because mm-hmm. like, we haven't seen him. And, and why would I, as a viewer who watches a lot, why would I think that a Wardlow can be like the leader of a heel group? And do I think Tony Khan is going to trust him to have matches, not against either other big guys or jobbers because that's all all the big guys in aw are they're all out that's the only matches they're allowed to have yeah i think like final thing on on wardlow like they just have to explain more of his story because we as you know people that read reports know why he'd be mad at mjf but if you're just a fan i mean the last thing you saw was him beating up MJF and MJF getting stretched out in, in Las Vegas over a year ago. So it's kind of like in storyline, what's your beef? Final prediction, who is this uh, signing acquisition new person coming in that Tony's teasing that we all respect? Um, who do you think it's going to be? Are we going to mention reports? I don't know if Sean... Has reported it. Mention any reports you yeah. like. Tyler. Okay. I don't know. Was, Sean, was that Sean on the chat here? I don't know if Sean's actively watching, but if he wants to drop He's it in. He's always that'd be, watching. That'd, that'd be great, Sean, if you could do that. But I uh, <laughs> I mean, it's been reported it's Will Ospreay from a couple right. of sources. None, you know, not Sean, not Dave, not Wade, as far as I can tell. Those mm-hmm. are kind of the guys I trust. Was it Andrew Varian that reported it? Um, yeah. Which is not someone who's not trustworthy, but. Uh-huh. You know, I just like confirmation from the big three um, or one of the big three. So that makes sense. I mean, we were talking on our show earlier today on Brass Ring Media that like Nick Nick Nemeth would like fit that capacity from a Tony Khan explanation of like worst case scenario, right? Of the Tony <laughs> Khan announcement going off the rails. Yeah. Of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that was like our like prep everyone worst case scenario. Mercedes mm-hmm. also seemed to make sense, but it seems like she's not going to sign anywhere until 2024. Yeah, so, I would love Mercedes, but I feel like Mercedes has been ruled out by yeah. those that would know. Yeah. Yeah. So I certainly hope it's Osprey because that's kind of like a guy we've seen. It feels like a big deal, but you know, it, it covers yeah. the 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 announcement by Tony Khan. I say that's an appropriate announcement what we saw, and that would be a good step for him. If it's like a Nick Nemeth, I mean, I don't know. We we might never be able to come back from something like that. So. A part, well, a small part of me wants to see the chaos that would ensue with uh, with him coming out. Um, but I think it's Osprey, and he could be the devil. Who knows? Maybe he signs and he reveals that he was the devil all along. So, um, I think it's probably Osprey. Uh, my pals at Wrestle Culture, What Culture, today convinced me that it could be Rhonda, and um, Rhonda as Rhonda's last WWE run wasn't good it wasn't good she she seemed checked out like she could not be bothered um and like there's a lot of stuff we could say about Rhonda, but to just look at her as a wrestler a wrestling character i i do think that she's done some indie appearances working with marina shafir she was just with billy starks and athena uh, she seems happy in the ring now and she didn't seem happy during like this last run in WWE. Um, and I could totally see like given her relationship with Marina and them working together and stuff, her actually wanting to come into um to AEW. So that's an outside bet though. 
you know, if I wanted to put some outside money on someone that's not Will Ospreay, but I do think it's probably Will Ospreay. Um, and if so, that would live up to expectations. He is someone that, you know, everyone wants to see in AEW, respects him as a worker. So, yeah, but I mean, look, when Osprey and Mercedes are the two number one names being, you know, bantered about by fans, um, if you deliver anything less, it's bad. So if this isn't Osprey or Mercedes, no offense to whoever it is, I would have made them just be a surprise rather than saying like days before that you're going to have a surprise, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think Rhonda, if that is the case too, would uh, fit the bill. People probably wouldn't be excited about it. But they would, they would, it would fit the like, yeah, everyone knows who she is. Yeah. You know, even wrestling, she didn't wrestle much in UFC, right? She was more of a striker. So the yeah. thing of like a world renowned wrestler would be probably a stretch, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's more of a judo, or she's black belt in judo. So, um, but it would fit more so those, those three even, but I think people would be less excited. So, but yeah, that's, that's, we'll see what happens. It's, we'll it's what Chris, happens. Christian Cage is the prime example of like, yeah, I thought John Cena was going to walk through that door or something. You know, I love Christian. He's been a great run right now, but man, great that, was, run. that was something. That was something. Well, that's it, Tyler. We've done not every match. We've done every single match plus extra. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining me. It was really great to chat to you about Full Gear. It's always good to talk to you about an AEW show that we can get deep into. And uh, why don't you tell everyone um about Brassing Media and everything that you and Zach do on your awesome site. Yeah, thank you. So Zach Haydorn and I were formerly of PW Torch. We had the YouTube page for a long time. Uh, we also do a weekly show for SE Scoops. But me and him have our own shop called Brass Ring Media. You can search that on Twitter or on Patreon. Uh, we do uh it's four dollars a month. We do free or extra shows for patrons. Our Substack is great. Zach and I write all the time on that sort of stuff. So uh, just give us, check us out. We also have a YouTube page. So we do free stuff on there. If you have never seen Zach and I interact or talk wrestling, um, you can check us out there. Uh, it's it's like Stephanie and I, right? Like yeah, pretty balanced. And we down the middle, we're trying to be too biased, but we'll tell you our opinion and not sugarcoat it. And like all wrestling, I think you're the same way stuff. Like we treat it like a TV show we watch that never ends, right? It's about yeah. characters. It's about the in-ring action. It's not so much about one or the other. It's 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 a collective thing. So Zach and I do that same thing. And you know, when we were on the torch, you and you were a regular on there as well, Stephanie. So thank you for inviting me here on your shiny platform of Fightful. Yeah, everyone watching, please go check out Brasswing Media. Give them a follow on Twitter. Follow Tyler at Ring of Tyler. Check out the Substack and subscribe to their YouTube because I I watch their YouTube. I absolutely love it. I've worked with Zach and Tyler a lot in the past, and they are like my two favorite guys to work with. Like I'm I'm so glad I got to meet Zach in Chicago after like listening to him on the torch for so long, and then it got me like working with him and working with you. And so, guys, if you've enjoyed the show, like please go and show Brasswing Media like so much love because they are a new site, a new startup, and this is like Zach and Tyler, you know, doing this for themselves and. It's, you know, absolutely awesome. And I know you guys um, are only going to keep growing. And thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, you're always you. one of my favorite people. To <laughs> wrestling with. Same here, Stephanie. And guys, if you want to follow me, you can go follow me at Stephanie M. Chase on Twitter, Instagram, 
Next week, it's a huge wrestling week for me. I'm going to a lot of things. So if you want to, you know, see what's going on, um, any, any like tidbits I can bring you, go follow me, Twitter, Instagram, my YouTube channel at uh, Stephanie Chase Wrestling. I have a podcast. It's called The Bechtel Hold. I talk about wrestling, review it. But it's a woman's a woman's opinion on what's going on in this world. Uh, I want to thank you all that are watching. Uh, some of you had like great comments. Thank you, like Marcus, Fernando, uh, Maria, everyone that was in the chat and keeping it active. I love that. Uh, Jamal, who sent the super chat. Um, Vasco, all of you, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I will be back next week on Fightful with another guest to do Survivor Series predictions. So start thinking about those now. But for now, thank you again, Tyler. Thank you, everyone watching. Enjoy Full Gear this weekend. And bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.